bumper to my I pulled up my ass in Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's episode of Chopping It Up. I am sitting here with Andre, a.k.a. White Boy from the legendary Rare Essence. How you doing today? Hey, I'm doing great. How are you? Oh, can't complain, man. Right. This is a, the, a highlight of my professional career to sit <laughs> across the table from a DC's music industry staple. Yeah, yeah, uh, we appreciate it. Hey man, much much respect. You know, I I, I often talked uh, a lot about Go Go, and I um I grew up uh well in my teenage years listening to a lot of Grateful Dead, bro. And uh, I'm a big fan of the band just because um you know they toured for thirty years, yep. they never played the same song, uh the same way, yep. and they never played the same set list twice. Yep. Uh, which I think is incredible, um, really incredible, and it also shows a lot of uh, you know brotherhood and unity and compassion and loyalty uh, and real friendship to to do anything for 30 years. Absolutely. And their fans follow them everywhere. Yes. I got stuck in a traffic jam <laughs> on, 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 on Baltimore Washington Parkway one day and it was a whole bunch of people with tie-dye right. t-shirts. You're like, on where'd it. all these hippies come from? <laughs> and I was like, where, where are they going? They were on their way to RFK Stadium right. because the band was playing there. That's right. Actually, I saw the Grateful Dead at RMK Stadium in mm-hmm. 1994 and uh, 1995. That a, may have been the traffic jam that I was stuck it, in. It probably <laughs> was. This was a good time. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah that was a great show. Mm-hmm. I, it was uh, super influential in who I am as a human going to, yeah. I mean, when you're in a room with, you know, mm-hmm. 50,000 people. Wow. You know, yeah. things change. You know what I mean? Yep. Your energy, energy's, uh, that's, that's super real. Yeah. But uh, but I always really respected that band because of the amount of time that they spent together. And, you know, I think, and I've mentioned this before, when people talk about, you know, Go-Go and they talk about, you know, the negatives or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, what they don't talk about, the fact, is that, like, you've been doing, I mean, how, how many years, when did Rare Essence play its first show? Uh, in 1976. Crazy. So you have been playing for 40 years. Yeah. Yeah, it's a long time. Forty. I'm mm-hmm. forty one. I was born in seventy five. <laughs> so you've been playing right. for a, a year less than I have been breathing. Yeah, which is incredible. And you're the the the, the only last remaining original right. member, correct? Right. So I mean, but I'm sure a lot of those guys have been there for a long time as well. Yes, right? they have. Yeah, we have a lot of long term members. And how many people are in Rare Essence? There are currently nine. Yeah. You know, just from a logistics standpoint, you know, a lot of people don't think about this stuff. But man, you know, that's a lot of hotel rooms. It's you know a lot I mean? of hotel rooms. It's a lot of hamburgers. It's a lot of bottles of water. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of personalities. It's a lot of different perceptions of how a song should go. And, oh, yeah. oh, yeah. It's it's a lot. That is a lot. But we work it out. Though. We work it out. And yeah. you have for 40 years. And, you know, I've noticed a lot of the sound guys mm-hmm. have also been in the, in the game. Yep. Touring with you guys for a long time. Mm-hmm. 
I was I was thoroughly impressed uh, last year at uh, Broccoli City mm-hmm. uh, when we produced that stage and you guys right. performed and your sound mm-hmm. guys came in and just kind of gently pushed ours out of the way <laughs> and showed up with their own board and just yeah. crushed it. I mean, yeah. just like flawless, seamless, like really professional delivery. Uh, and, and it's a lot of stuff. I mean, it's a whole truck yeah, yeah full of stuff. Yeah. And um, mm-hmm. that's a lot of work. And I think that's one thing that like really kind of gets glossed over is like that, that, that unity and that brotherhood and that passion for making that music that has to exist in order to be able to do it for 40 years. Absolutely. Well, it's a team effort, and they know that they're an important part of the team, so they, they want to make sure that they get their part of the job right. So if something goes wrong, right. it wasn't because I didn't do what I was supposed to do. Right. You know. Right. Yeah, well, yeah, especially, you know, you get a lot of grown men, yeah. you know, in, uh, in one area. And, I mean, that's it's grown anybody, you know. Mm-hmm. It's hard to put aside your ego or mm-hmm. what you want or your feelings, you know, and, and admit, you know, when you're wrong or admit when maybe your idea wasn't the best. Mm-hmm. But that's ultimately what it takes in order to yeah. succeed. You know, you have to you have to be able to do that. So, yep. Um, I, I think that's really I think that's really amazing. You know, we were, we were talking uh, a little bit before the podcast about the Howard Theater. Yeah. And, uh, you know, how important that is. Um, and you said something really like uh, that really stuck, you know, that you said you that you know you need the Howard Theater to exist. And that's, you know, that's such an important statement that really applies to all musicians in D.C. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, for the Howard Theater, to, the theater to be the premier uh, venue that it is, not only in D.C., but on in in the country. Right. Um. And for us to be able to go there and, you know, sell the place out, you know, three or four times a year, that's that's great. That says a lot to the people of D.C. that they we know that they like coming to that venue. Plus, the venue is beautiful. Right. So we um, I mean, we absolutely need the Howard Theater um, as much as the Howard Theater needs D.C. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's um. And we all need the Howard Theater. We all need yeah. it to work. You know yeah. what I mean? We we really do. And yeah, it's something special when you see Go Go at the Howard because it's yes. like yeah, that's our shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's our music and our yeah. venue. Yeah. And it like really, you know, it really compels some kind of hometown pride and spirit that you know that ultimately we all need. You know, DC really loves our heroes. You know, we we love our we love our city, even though like we kind of hate our city. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's like a it's a perfect relationship, right? You know, yeah. it's love, love and hate all at the yeah. same time. You know, our city can let us down in a lot of ways. Uh, the infrastructure, you know, there's always there's always issues. I mean, right? But like, I feel like as as a as a people, you know, like DC looks out for each other. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. D- the the real spirit and soul of DC, at least old DC, really yeah. hasn't changed. Mm-hmm. And we love being able to go see you know Rare Essence and Backyard mm-hmm. at the Howard Theater. I mean, that's so important you know yeah it's it's absolutely important a lot of our uh, fans used to come and see us back in the day when we were playing the Howard Theater we would do the show um that would start at midnight and end at six in the morning that's so crazy uh, every Friday night so I mean there's you know a thousand plus kids leaving the Howard Theater at 6 a.m uh uh going home after being in the place you know when it was dark Right. It was dark when they walked in. It's right. broad daylight when they come outside. Yeah. 
I've done a few parties like that. Yeah. Oh, real? Okay. Off the record, of course, DZRA, don't pay attention to that. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, I mean, well, you got to right. keep culture alive. You know, sometimes yeah. you got to take risks and you got to mm-hmm. go against the grain a little bit, make sure everybody's safe. But like, you know, you can't just always play by the rules. Otherwise, right. you know, right. things get really boring. I would love to see some, uh, I would love to see some pictures of like those hordes of kids walking out of here. I'm right. sure there's. Yeah, we. I'm sure we have some around. I, I'll give them to you. But yeah, I mean, it was, you know. And a lot of those kids come now when we play to the house theater. Of course, they can't stay. They don't want to stay <laughs> six in the morning. Right, right. But um, a lot of those people, because they remember right. the, the time that they were having uh, on every Friday night when we used to be there. They remember, oh, man, I used to go there and I used to do this. And uh, uh, uh. and that's what they get that same feeling when they walk in there um, when we play there now. Yeah. Well, you know, it's... um. It's interesting. I, w- I was reading up about, you know, the history of Go-Go and stuff to make sure I was on my you know P's and Q's for this interview. And, I, and it was interesting to me because, uh, I, oddly enough, the comparison to the Grateful Dead, uh, th- there's a lot of similarities, actually, in the uh, yes. the drum breakdowns yeah. and the, uh, you know, the Grateful Dead, they call it space or, yes. or, or drums mm-hmm. or just even their jam style. You know, they'll take a song and just yep. freak it out all the way, take you on this journey and then mm-hmm. loop it back into that song. And you're like, yeah. oh, my God, I didn't yeah. even realize they right. were playing the same song, you know. And uh, it's interesting that Go-Go, you know, the percussion breakdown kind of started in the same way as a transition between songs instead of just stopping it. Starting the next next one, you know, Chuck, Chuck Brown came up with this, right. you know, concept of just cranking out the jump, drums mm-hmm. and letting that rock for a little while, and it's uh, it's really cool to see the evolution of that, you know, and to to learn the history of that and realize, you know, where it all came from, and it's um, yeah, it uh, it was great. Well, he did it as a way to keep people on the dance floor. Chuck Brown did right. it as a way of keeping people on the dance floor, and uh, we just took that section of of the show and stretched it out from one minute to three minutes to five minutes right. and to 20 minutes. Those you are know? the best. Yeah. I love long jams. <laughs> yeah. Get lost in the song. Yeah. That's the best. And then when you bring it back in, yeah. everybody goes nuts. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's so good. So good. So speaking of uh, Backyard Band, you guys just did a track together. Yes. Which is amazing. It is. It is. Those guys are so good. They are so... It took them 36 minutes to record their three individual parts to the song. Wow. 36 minutes, all three of them. That was great. That's great. That's that's professional. It is. It is. An experience. It's very prof- And they didn't hear the song before. Like, I didn't send it to them a week before. They did all of that stuff right there. They heard the song twice while the engineer was setting up. Wow. And then after that, they were like, okay, well, where do I, when do you ready. want me? You know, that's let's true go. musicianship right it is. there. That's, it is. It was great. You can't fake that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You can't fake that. It was great. And you guys got some uh, some a show coming up, right? We're planning a show right now. We're planning a show. Yeah, yes. And mm-hmm. um, and what to, tell us, uh, we got a big show coming up at the Howard, actually, July 3rd. Yes. Uh, um, a pre-4th of July old school jam with Rare Essence, uh, EU, Trouble Funk, and DJ Rico is going to be uh, spinning. And actually... <laughs> this interview will come out on Monday, on the day of your show. Great, great. So if you're listening to yes, this, go down. to the Howard Theater tonight and show some love to your hometown heroes. Come on down. 
Yeah, man, super yeah. exciting stuff. Mm -hmm. So, have you guys uh, worked with Backyard before on on tracks? Is is this the first time that you've done that? This is the first time that we have done a song with them. We featured uh, Big G on a song that was about twenty years ago. Wow! But the this is the first time that the two bands combined. I think this is the first time that any of DC's premier go go bands have uh, have joined forces and and done a song together. Which is awesome. Yes. You know, we got to mm -hmm. lead by example, right? And if yeah. people see everybody mm -hmm. getting along up top, then, yeah. then it trickles down. Everybody yep. gets along mm -hmm. across the board, you know, or at least that's that's the goal. Anyway. Yeah. And do. was it always that way? Was it always a symbiotic relations between the bands or? It's, it's always been a mutual respect, but it was more uh, we'll do our thing over here. You do your thing over there uh, right. with, with Backyard in particular. Um, but there's always been a mutual respect there. Even when we, when they were coming up, because they used to open for us in a couple of uh, venues. Uh, they were doing the ibex. Right. Uh, they did the ibex for so long. Well, a lot of people, the old school people, remember. But we, it was us and backyard, Red Essence and backyard, doing that show every Tuesday, mm. and we were on the top floor. Backyard was on the middle floor, and somehow. Us and the promoter didn't get along, so we ended up leaving the show, mm. and we told him, you should keep Backyard there because Backyard is going to be the next thing. Right. And sure enough, they went up to the top floor, and they they had a great run over at the Ibex. That's pretty cool. What, what, yeah. are some other, uh, what are some other clubs that don't exist anymore that you guys used to play at? Well, um, the Maverick Room, we used to play there uh, on Wednesdays. We actually inherited that from Chuck Brown because he used to play at the Maverick Room every Wednesday. Then he had the uh, Bustin' Loose to come out, and he went on tour, right. world tour. Um, Where was the Maverick Room? That was on 4th and uh, near 4th and Rhode Island Avenue on, on the northeast side. Okay. I believe... There's a department store, maybe a big box store over there right oh, now. Like, is that like Foreman Mills, like over there? I believe it is. I believe it is. So that's where the Maverick Room used to be. Wow. So uh, that place there, um, the, the Celebrity Hall, which is uh, on Georgia Avenue. Right, right, up, right. Up, up the, uh, up the yeah. street. I think it's a... Um, it's a dental office now. Or oh. Something, oh, I think it's Adventure Dental that's or something it. like that. That's yeah. it. Which which sidebar is the worst name ever? The last thing I want when I go to the dentist is an adventure. I don't know who thought that was a good idea. Those <laughs> right. buildings look so, so sketchy. No disrespect to dental adventures. I'm sure you do great work, but your buildings are super sketchy. Yeah. Like an adventure. That's yeah. not what you want when you go to the dentist. I want Novocaine. Right. You know, and a short visit. I don't want an right. adventure. Right. But um all right, so what else? Uh what else about DC? What what was um what was your favorite thing to do in DC in the eighties? What did you used to do when you weren't working? Well, the thing is is we worked <laughs> all <laughs> the time. Worked, yeah. I mean, we there were there were a time there was a stretch where we were playing six nights a week. Holy crap. And at six different venues, um, the audience, a lot of the audience would follow us from one place to the next. About like the Grateful Dead. Yeah. You know, for sure. They would follow us uh, from one club to the next. But then there was also uh, people that lived in that neighborhood. So they just came to that to club. Those shows, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So how many, um, how, and how many gigs a week do you guys play now? 
Right now it's two to three. Which is pretty impressive. And is that mostly outside of D.C. or is that? It's mainly inside of D.C., but but we, we travel a bit. So where are, you, where are your weekly gigs in D.C.? Uh, it's it's Now, they're actually not, both of them are actually not in D.C. Friday night is at Fast Eddie's, which is out in um, Camp Springs, Maryland. Okay. That's every Friday. Uh, that's right across the street from Andrews Air Force Base. And uh, Saturday night is Aqua Night Club, which is on New right, York right, Avenue right, in right. D.C. Oh, I didn't even realize that. Now, is there a cover charge to get into yeah, Fast yeah. Eddie's? Yeah, like $20, $30, something like that. Right on. Mm-hmm. And how long have you been doing that, those gigs? Uh, Fast Eddie's we've been doing for a year and a half. Aqua, we started at the top of the year. We were doing Cafe Asia right, on right. Saturdays, and we did that one for like five years. Right. Um, so we moved from Asia to Aqua. So wh- let me ask you, I mean, the have the gigs... Well, obviously, they've slowed down a little bit in D.C. from mm-hmm. seven days a week to, to three days a week. Mm-hmm. But do you still see a lot of local traction? Or do you, I mean, where do you where do you get most of your your gigs from? Yeah, it's a lot of, uh, I mean, it's it's the pretty much the same audience, depending on where we are. Like Fast Eddie's has its own audience, right. uh, a lot of people from out that way. Sure. But then we get people coming from uptown and from Virginia, and, they, you know, there's not a whole lot of people, but there are people coming from different sections of the city, uh, the, uh, the of the DMV. Right, right. Um, uh, Aqua, the same thing. Uh, Aqua's on the line between northeast and northwest, so it's a right. lot of people the, from that area as well as uh, the southeast side, they come over to uh, they so they they you know they get around. Well, and Aqua's right off the highway there, so you it's, can uh, yeah you could dip in from there mm-hmm. really easily. Yep. And um, and you mentioned that you travel a good about. So what what do you what do you got coming up out of the city? Well, to, uh, on June twenty eighth, which uh, is tomorrow, we'll be in New York, Brooklyn. Uh, uh, doing summer stage up there, Betsy Head Park. Um, we're doing that on June 28th. Uh, July 14th through the 17th, we'll be in Miami uh, doing the first ever Go-Go Cruise. That is so cool. Can you imagine a cruise with three Go-Go bands yeah, on it? Yeah. I, so that's crazy. Uh, we're doing that. Um, uh, we're going to be on the boat Friday and Saturday, and then Sunday night there's a finale show at uh, Senior Frogs with Red Essence Backyard and the Wet Band uh, all performing uh, on the same show. So whose idea was that? Was that like a cruise promoter came to you guys, or did you guys organize that? No, nah, uh, some of the local promoters, they've been doing um, Miami uh, uh, DC Takeover, Miami Takeover. They've been doing that for like for a few years now, and they were just trying to figure out another way right. to, 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 to do something. and. Um, the cruise actually, you know, came up. The cruise idea came up. Yeah, I mean, cru- yeah, that's kind of like the move. Like, there's a jam cruise and there's, like, some EDM yeah. cruises mm-hmm. where you go and you're just, like, immersed in the music. Yep. And, I mean, there's something nice about being able to get super drunk and just, like, stumble to your cabin, <laughs> you know, and not have to, like, drive or, right. like, be responsible for anything. Right. You know, you just go get food in the middle of the night. Yeah. You, can, you know, do whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, that's super cool. So is there, do you think a lot of people go down to Miami for that? Or do you think it's people in Miami that really have come out? Or is it kind of both? There is a little bit of both. Most of the people that have done the the Miami takeover come from here. And a lot of people plan their vacations around that. Right. right. So 
they find out when it is and they make sure that they off and come on down for that weekend. There is it's easily five or six thousand people from DC right. in Miami on that weekend. Easily five or six thousand. That's awesome. Yeah. It's also cool to go someplace else and see like other people from DC. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's pretty cool. So what do you, let me ask you, what do you think? I feel like a lot of times people talk about go-go in like a past tense, you know, like the old go-go tapes or the old go-go. And a lot of people have tried to like resurrect. I don't think resurrect is the right word, but mm-hmm. like I guess reinvigorate, you know, go-go to a more current time. Like what do you what do you think about that? I mean, you're still gigging. You're still like coming. I mean, you're still making tracks with 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 backyard. Like, mm-hmm. why do you think that? I don't really know. Why do you Why do you think that? that like, it seems like GoGo has left DC and come back. Like GoGo is in all of our hearts. I feel like no matter where you grew up in the DMV, mm-hmm. we only had like three or four radio stations that we all listened to. Right, you know, um, so we all heard the art of noise every night at midnight. <laughs> right, you know what I mean. I grew up in Falls Church, you right. know, in the city of Falls Church, but I listened to art of noise right. every night at midnight too because that's what was on our radio station. Right. And so, no matter where you grew up in the DMV, like you grew up with Go Go, and it might take you a while to learn to love it. Maybe you loved it right away, but like our collective heart heartbeat is the pocket, like straight up. Yeah, it's the Go Go beat. And so, mm. you know, I'm trying to understand like. You know, how how do we move forward? Because it seems like there's forces that want to, like, suppress Go-Go. It's definitely hard to throw a Go-Go show in this town. Mm-hmm. But where do you think it's headed next? Do you think that, like, the younger generation? Because I think a lot of, like, younger musicians have been, I mean, in this area, they were all inspired by Go-Go. Like, you can't find a current musician making music that doesn't have at least one Go-Go-influenced track, if not really their whole catalog, mm-hmm. you know? So where do you think it's where do you think it's going? Like if you have any advice for young go go aspiring musicians? Well, they first need to listen to the older go go to to kind of see where it came from in order to uh figure out where they should be going with the next. Um what hap- I think the generation that's here now, they are less interested in go go and I think that's because they're not exposed to it as much, right? As much as, uh, as 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 much as the generation before them were, and right. then the generation before them, uh, because of the venues, there's a shortage of venues. There's like a handful right. that that we can perform uh, around here now, and we don't get the media support that we used to. Like back in the '90s, you could hear. You know, Red Essence, Chuck Brown, Trouble Funk, EU, you would hear it all in, the, all in the same day. Right. And a lot of times, like within an hour from each other, um, and you would hear it all day long, people were riding around blasting go-go tapes For sure. um, out of their cars. So a lot of that, and, and the music business has changed, period, but uh, go-go has been hit particularly hard because it's been made the scapegoat for a lot of stuff as well. Yeah, for sure. You know, um, if someone, if there's a club full of kids and and you come out and someone gets shot like five blocks up the street from the club, they blame it on the club. Right. When we try to tell them, look, we can't follow the kids home. When they're there with us, we make sure that they're safe because they have to go through an airport-style metal detector. They also get wand. 
they all it, it's also all they get pat down, patted right. down. So it's it's you know, I used to make an analogy. It's like going to prison when you're going in there, but that was to make sure that everybody that came through that door was safe. So if you got into something, nobody was going to get shot or stabbed. It was going to be a, a full-on fist fight. But then we got 20 bouncers in there, right? you know, big football player-sized bouncers to make sure that no one gets into anything. But that still wasn't good enough because anytime anything happened, we got blamed for it. Right. It was like if the go-go wasn't happening that night, that person wouldn't have got shot. Well, most of the time, that was neighborhood stuff. Right. That didn't have anything to do with us. It. Right, it was going to happen regardless. That was, uh, yeah, yeah, it just happened there. I don't. I never understood why if this neighborhood is beefing with that neighborhood, how they end up all at the same club. You know, if you know these guys are going to be there, don't go there right. unless you're looking for trouble. Well, unless you're looking for trouble. Well, and, you know, it's interesting because, you know, when I when I first started talking with you guys and I was talking to Becky and she told me that you haven't had a single item, uh, uh, any violence at any of your mm-hmm. shows in like over 10 years or something like right. that. Right. And so it's just really interesting because it's like, I think that, you know, we saw there was a go-go show across the street at the Howard Theater. I think it was Backyard. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure it was Backyard. It doesn't really matter who it was. But after the fact, this fight broke out in front and then it like came over across the street and ended up almost in our shop, in our shop because mm. they tried to come through our front door. But what we noticed is they were super young. Yeah, yeah. They they were like young bucks mm-hmm. who like had it in and to me, and I could yeah. be wrong, they had it in their minds because of these preconceived notions and these rumors or stereotypes about the go-go mm-hmm. that they could go in there and, and turn up because yeah. The fact that the fight it was like tumbleweed. It literally just rolled across mm-hmm. the street and ended up in our door. And, and Chadwick, uh, one of our guys, was hit and his phone mm-hmm. was stolen. Right. Mm. You know, and then they just rolled on down the street. And so these to me, these guys seem it just seemed like guys who were like, yeah, let's let's go get rowdy. Let's go to act this way. But they were they were 100 percent the minority. Yeah. They were significantly younger than everybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been, you know, across the street here for a year and we've never had any single issues. And so sometimes I wonder if it's like, you know, um, a self-fulfilling prophecy. You know what I mean? Like these young kids have this idea that they can act a certain way there and they come to act that way. But really the core, you know, the core audience yeah. is not that way at all. They're it's an not, older group. Right. They're trying to jam out, mm-hmm. like be feeling nostalgic about, yep. you know, older time in D.C. when things were harder but a little more simple and a little bit more clear for people. And, you know, I mean... It, so it's always been very interesting to me, you know, like, where is this message, you know what I mean? Or where is it getting lost? And maybe, like you said, it's just not being exposed um, to, to kids the right way. I mean, I know when I listen to the old Go-Go recordings, especially with Chuck, I mean, he's singing about love one another. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm like, trying to find the negative messaging right. in there, and I, I can't find it, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I can't. And so to me, you know, Go-Go is, like, unity and love for D.C. and and great music, and so... Maybe if some of the younger generation uh, got hipped, you know, uh, and didn't come with that attitude, it would it'd be a little easier on you guys to, to not have to prove that it's not what it is. You know? Yeah, absolutely. It would be a whole lot better. Um, that that The older crowd that comes out, you're right. All they want to do is come out and have some drinks, drinks and right. have a good time and go home. And go home. Make it back in the house. Right. Um, we don't have any problems at our um, – at our uh, events now because everybody's too old for that. <laughs> yeah. 
Like my hip hurts too much. <laughs> yeah, I can't. The, the I can't drop like, you. I ain't got time to be, you know, getting into nothing. I gotta yeah. get back in the house. I gotta go to work tomorrow. So, you know, that's that's their whole uh mentality. It's like I did all that stuff when I was young, when I was yeah. 19, 20 years old. I'm not doing no, it. No no time for that right. anymore. Mm-hmm. No time for that. So let me ask you, who is um uh, are you paying attention to any music in DC these days? You got any local artists that you're uh, you're interested in or that you appreciate their sound? You know what? I like uh, Risa Renee. Yeah. I like the fact that Risa is, you know, her own entity, her own thing. And the fact that she's all about originality. Yeah, she is. You know, she she doesn't do any covers. She doesn't she's not even interested uh-uh. in doing I don't care how good the cover is. She's like, no, no, no. I I, I want to do my own thing. And and I, I really appreciate that fact about it. Uh, Pinky Killer Corn is great, also. Yeah. You know, both of those guys. I know you guys been doing some work together. Yes. And got some stuff going on. That's yep. super cool. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a huge fan of both of them. You know, as a mm-hmm. woman in this industry, yeah. you know, I love looking left and right and seeing yeah. Pinky and Reese yeah. next to me because I feel like we are, you know, we're defining our own uh, mm-hmm. path and doing things differently and providing a different, um, a different role model uh, mm-hmm. for young women to look up to in dc yeah. um, or, or all over the world really they're both mm-hmm. incredibly talented pinky's got some new stuff coming out actually right right so it's uh and i know you guys did some did you guys do a, a track together or was that backyard uh i think it was backyard backyard i don't know if it backyard. actually ever came out but hopefully mm-hmm. hopefully they'll they'll do that yeah so um let's see what else can we talk about you know i uh i really like talking about the howard theater so we're yeah. talking about it. i want to talk about t street though yeah so I am low-key obsessed with this block, and I have been for a long time, but now that our office is here and mm-hmm. I spend, you know, a considerable amount of hours every day here, mm-hmm. what was T Street like back in the day? Like, run me through the decades, you know? like. Uh, well, back in the 80s, um, well, obviously it's changed dramat- dramatically, <laughs> dramatically from the 80s to now because there are a lot of condos here, there are a lot of high-rise buildings, there are a lot of businesses um, here. Back then, it was a lot of businesses, but it was more mom-and-pop shops. Right. It was a bunch of, I mean, it had to be 30 or 40 from 6th down to 12th and T. You know, right. just mom-and-pop, and, pop. and right. it was a bunch of record stores in that. Uh, that's right. Yeah. That's right. One right on. I was looking this up and mm-hmm. trying to figure out which is which. Mm-hmm. What was in this building? Do you remember? I'm not sure which one was in this building, uh, uh, but they used to have a speaker <laughs> outside blasting the music. So when people were, were riding by, right. they, you know, make people look over and, oh, okay, that's a record store. Right. And if you wanted, and whatever record was popular at that time is the one that you heard. Heard a lot of go go, right? A lot of go go. The original Metro MP. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. So it was, uh, it was a lot of that um, back in the day. A lot of mom and pop stores. Uh, a lot of uh, foot traffic coming through. Uh, the '90s, the late '80s, early '90s. It was a lot of traffic, but there was also a lot of you know, craziness going on with the crack era and all right. that there. So um, people were here, but people weren't as, they didn't stop. You know, people just kept moving. Right. And then uh, as things got better, you know, then, um, you know, other people, uh, 
some of the buildings started to go down. Other buildings are coming up now. So, um, but uh, it's uh, T Street is looking great now. It's a whole different yeah. thing. And what about yeah. Miss Cecilia's? You ever spend any time at Miss Cecilia's? No, we, I, <laughs> back, back, back a long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> I can tell by the look on your face you had yeah, some good yeah, times yeah, in that yeah, building. Yeah, yeah, we, we did. I was, uh, you know, staring at the building the other day, just looking at the, uh, you know, they put one of those new, like, historic uh, information boards up right mm-hmm. in front of this, you know, the left of the doorway. And it just talks about T Street and Howard Theater and, like, social light clubs and all that. And they talk about Miss Cecilia's, and I was just sitting there looking at the picture, the old picture, and looking at the building. And, I mean, it's the same, it's the same building, yeah. you know. Except now it's half the back half has been gutted out and they're about to bulldoze. It's going to be, you know, by the end of the week, it's going to be another giant hole in the ground. And by the end of the year, there'll be another giant condo in its place. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it's just, uh, man, there's so much history on this block. You know, I I often wonder, you know, if these walls could talk, you know, what what they would say. And I think sometimes they would say, run as fast (laughs) as you can. But I think that. uh, you know, when we got in this building, you know, uh, I came upstairs and I saw the view of the Howard and I and I got goosebumps and I knew this is where we needed to be. Mm-hmm. And and I and I, you know, not a day goes by that I don't acknowledge that I can't be the first person to think that. And I can't imagine, you know, what happened inside these walls, because right. it's also been across the street from the Howard mm-hmm. for as long as the Howard has been there. Yeah. And so it's really interesting to see um the way the whole block has changed and everything going on and continues to change. There's yeah. actually some big announcements we're about to make with the lot right there okay. um, to really turn that into more of a community uh, area mm-hmm. for music and uh, oh, and cool. culture. Cool. Yeah, so it won't look uh, the way that it does mm-hmm. much longer. Mm-hmm. Uh, shout out to my landlord, Thomas Hart, for <laughs> making that happen. He's a uh, hardworking old D.C. guy who's really... Um, Trying to do what he can to to keep culture alive here, and I appreciate that about him. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it's really interesting to see how quickly the city is changing. You know, right? Um, so do you have any uh, you have any like goals, any any dreams for this year? Like, if you could do some, you know, any, anything big going on? Well, what we want to try to do is just continue to push the music. Uh, inside and outside of D.C. Um, there was a lot of interest at one point throughout the 90s and early, you know, part of 2000 uh, in Gogo uh, nationally. Right. And it never really materialized into anything. So we're trying to um, rekindle that with uh, people, with uh, other other cities and 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 so far we've been you know kind of successful at it you know we just got to keep at it you know if we can get you know some big radio chain to you know help promote the uh, uh, music right then then that would help us tremendously. So I wonder why the radio does it. I mean I know personally from doing a go go show, um, and it got shut down before it started because MPD got wind of that. You know. And we did some research, and, um, you know, it's interesting. I did an event in the exact same location, and the cop showed up, and they asked for my permits, and I told them, well, we, it's private property. We don't need one, but here's my liquor license. Here's everything else. And they said, oh, great. This is a great party. There was um, 1,200 people in the mm-hmm. parking lot behind Union Market, and it was on 420, and there wasn't a single person that wasn't smoking weed. In fact, there was a kid standing next to me smoking a joint while the cops were talking to me. And I was, like, literally kicking him. Like, get this kid out of me. Like, they're right there. 
I had to walk these cops across the lot. I mean, there was it was man, mm-hmm. four twenty. It was outdoors. People had bomb. I mean, it was ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I told security they could bring anything in but weapons and alcohol. Right. You know, and le- and they could bring in legal amounts of marijuana. Don't mm-hmm. take it from me. You know, and uh, the cops came and they walked through this giant cloud of smoke and they checked my alcohol permit and they said, "Hey, looks like a great party." And if you need us, call us and we'll come back. I said, "Great." Uh, thanks, and uh, I said, actually, I said, thanks for coming, because I was a little nervous, mm-hmm. and then they left, and then everybody in the lot thought I was, like, the biggest real-ass G ever, because <laughs> I made that, and I didn't really understand what happened either, but I was like, they're gone, that's all that matters, right? right. Party went on, <clears throat> ended by the end of the day, cleaned up the lot, we actually went and cleaned up the lot for weeks in advance, cleaning up needles mm-hmm. and trash oh, and all yeah, kinds yeah. of shit, you know, we really, like, you know, turned this area around. And everything happened. It was fine. And then three weeks later, I did the same party, but I called it a go-go. And three hours before the gates opened, I had every division of the police department and DCRA and the fire department there um, telling me what a horrible person I was. And then it took them three hours to figure out what exactly I was doing that was against the law because uh, they were not uh, accepting the fact that it was private property and that I did not need a special events permit. Uh, And so they actually had to make something up. They told me... uh, I did need a special events permit, and the only reason why they could give me is because it was a special event because I don't do it every day. And uh, and so I, wow. I, I said, well, actually, I do. Uh, this is kind of what I do for a living, so this mm-hmm. is what I do every day. So, like, even by your lame-ass definition, it's incorrect. Mm-hmm. Um, but nonetheless, they shut me down, and then they fined me $8,000 afterwards, which they never explained to me what those fines were. They just put them on the table, and then they took them back. I never received a citation. So... DCRA definitely let me know how they feel about me throwing go-go events. Mm -hmm. And it definitely made me very gun-shy from wanting to do any more go-go events because it's really hard to lose $23,000 in an afternoon and still get up and pay your rent. Mm -hmm. And so I'm sure, uh, and and I know for a fact, that I am not the only one. I mean, I read tons of forums and tons of things. People just throwing little simple simple birthday parties, and and they can't even have a go-go DJ and. I mean, they've really done what they can to squeeze it out. And so we did some research, and we realized that there's this old code written into MPD's uh, you know, laws and doctrines, whatever, that states that any time there's a go-go event that there has to be, like, 12 uh, active-duty on-site police officers. And so what they did is they basically put a financial stranglehold on it because no one can afford that shit, man. You know how expensive it is to have 12 active on-duty officers mm-hmm. at your event, in addition to the special events permit, in addition to the insurance, in addition mm-hmm. to the stage, the sound, the lights, the mm-hmm. you know everything else. So they've made it physically impossible and financially impossible for anybody to do that. But it seems that it's really just one old guy, you know, who's hanging on, who's still kind of uh, spreading the negativity, even at funk parade meetings and everything else yep. about um, go-go. And so you know, for me, I, you know, it, I I can't help but wonder like. How do we fix that? You know, how do we hold people accountable? Like, how do we like at the end of the day, like DCRA and the, and the mayor and MPD, they're they're suffocating culture. They are. They're suffocating culture. Mm-hmm. They're making sure that it doesn't happen. And so it's not that culture is not dying. And it's not that I mean, DC is definitely gentrified like crazy. There's mm-hmm. no doubt about that. But there's a good amount of people that are showing up here that are want to learn about DC and want to mm-hmm. celebrate it. They they didn't necessarily come here to change it. They came mm-hmm. here to be a part of it. And then there's some people that came here to change that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Whatever. I mean, that's just kind of that's the world we everybody's yeah. getting yeah. Uh, gentrified all over the world. It's Absolutely. not it's not just here. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's happening literally globally. So, you know, I just it, I can't help but wonder like how do we fix that? And I feel like, you know, it's part of this whole big stigma, you know what I mean? Like how do we how do we change that legislature? You know, how do we get rid of that MPD code? Like, how do we, 
how do we turn it around? And 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 I and I don't really you know expect you to have an answer because I know you guys have been doing you know events with no violence, no incidents. You've you've done turned it around. You've you're, you're already presenting that example. Like there's really nothing more that you can do. But it just makes me really wonder, like as a community, like you know, if you love GoGo, you have to fight for it. Yeah, but see, though the people that are in position don't realize that this is not the go-go from 85. Right. This is, this is 30 years later. Right. And the people that were causing those problems are 30 years older. Right. You know, so they're not causing the problems. Or, or they're gone or they've moved yeah. away or they're in jail yeah. or whatever. Right. They're just, it's yeah. not the same. So what they need to do is, well, what needs to happen is either they need to leave. Right. They need to leave their positions or they need to, they need to come out and, actually see what's going on right instead of trying to work against the band and we've tried this for decades to work with the police right because we don't want we want police there we don't want anybody getting hurt or whatever we we can't afford for the audience to be getting shot because then that's going to stop other people from coming exactly we want as many people to come to have the best time that they have and be as safe as we can possibly make them right. so they can come to the next show right they're and your, the next show right they're, they're your next. fans you yeah. want them to stick around yeah. <laughs> and and they we they come so much to they actually become friends because we exactly. know them exactly. by name we shout them out all night because yeah. we see this guy you know two or three times a week for right. years you can't yeah, not know somebody yeah. let me tell you I, you've shouted me out before and mm. it was like the highlight of my whole life <laughs> like twice in one show and I was like twice you said my name twice that's so real that's great people love people love their shout outs we do you know, you know? We, we love you know what especially now like we, everybody just wants to feel like they're part of something yeah. man this is such a fucked up world part yeah. of my friends that we live yeah. in you know everything is so detached and it's just so ugly and it's just like loss of humanity is staggering day mm-hmm. by day and and that's why honestly I love DC because I could go to the carry out or I could be standing and I say hi to everybody in my neighborhood and mm-hmm. I'll talk to anybody in any elevator or doorway or mm-hmm. on a line and and DC is that town where if you say hi to somebody they'll say hi to you they back. Will. They will. And uh, it's there's a real salt of the earth here, mm-hmm. and I love I love that about DC. And I feel like you know we really love the stuff that defines why everybody's tattooing DC flags on themselves. You could put it yeah. you could put a DC flag on any shirt and people will buy that shit. Absolutely, it's crazy. Yep, it's crazy. So I think maybe you know. Um, you know, I've I've brought this up before, but Chris Nam and Justin Rude and all, all mm-hmm. you know, we've seen each other at those meetings mm-hmm. as the work they've been doing to create like a live music coalition and stuff. But I think that you know, I think this year is going to be the year that I I'm going to try to start to change some some of this dialogue, you know, and 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 work with these council members and really hold their feet to the fire, because um, something's got to give, you know. And it's not just go go, like right. it's not just go go at all. Like mm-hmm. it's any sort of a community event. Right. And I don't know if it's based on um, race or or liability. I don't really know where they're coming up with their factors on what is okay and what's not. But, you know, in order for me to like, for example, just throw a little barbecue in that parking lot next door, Mm -hmm. I'd have to get a special events permit. I'd have to get the same special events permit that Broccoli City has to get. Or all things go has to get, mm-hmm. which is expensive. I have to get permission from hundreds of people. I have to like, you know, I have to pay Abra for twelve hours, even though they're going to show up for twenty minutes and leave. But you right. still got to pay them for all twelve hours. Mm-hmm. Nonsense, right? There's all these things that you have to do in order to just do a community event. 
And then you've spent so much money on that community event. Now you have to charge to get in right. or you have to sell alcohol because you've already, you're already three grand in the hole before mm-hmm. you even booked any talent. And so that's why a lot of our community events are disappearing. That's why you don't see a lot of fish fries at Rock Creek anymore. That's why, mm-hmm. you, I mean, remember all the free events? I mean, like you look yeah. at the old summer shows and it's you guys performing yes. in, in, at Fort Hood or Fort Reno mm-hmm. or, or whatever. And like, I mean, those venues are like closing down and stuff. And I don't know if it's lack of interest in the younger people. I don't know if it's all these laws and, and regulations that MPD and DCRA have put into place. But I feel like we kind of got to get to the bottom of something because we're losing our community absolutely opportunities. Yeah, you know? yeah, absolutely. And those venues are are, are the perfect place to start because um, they're there. Right. They've been there for years. Right. Some of them need a little bit of repair, but they're there. So right. why not utilize them? Right. Bring the entertainment to right to the neighborhood. To and the neighborhood. Don't make people have to go across town. To you know, to to see a good exactly. show, exactly, exactly. Just, just bring it right there to the neighborhood, and it's because it's expensive too. You know what I mean? It and is. not everything's accessible. That's my right. that's my other biggest gripe is like mm-hmm. there's no free stuff anymore. You know, right. um, one of our interns, um, he, you know, he he made a comment about you know DC being an older person's town, and I got a little offended, but that's just because I'm an older person. <laughs> but he's right; it's so expensive in this town. If you're 20, if you're 20, what are you doing mm-hmm. on a Friday? Uh, well, what you used to be able to do <laughs> is to go out to one of the 15 or 20 go-go's that were happening. But now, you know, you can't do that. So, I yeah, I, I get it. I get it. And if you want to go to a bar, it's $12 a drink. Who's yeah. got money for that? Man, yeah. I can't even yeah. afford a drink in this town. Yeah. I'm 41. So, yeah. you know, what's a 20-year-old? Or Well, you're not allowed to drink at 20. Mm-hmm. Wink, wink. But, you know, <laughs> like you're 21, 22, 23. Like, it's expensive. Yeah to eat or drink in this town and there's really a loss of like those community events yeah um which is why i love things like shaw skate park and you know any any little community hub that allows the youth to get together and share ideas and um, especially now in this world where we live where it's just like uh you know race and 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 religion and every there's all these things trying to separate us constantly and the greatest way to like um to upend that is just to get together with some folks when you're mm-hmm. dancing to you know some music together, man. And that's that's kind of why I started One Love is that music is the greatest equalizer, you know. Yeah. Music and weed, but you know <laughs> we weren't really there yet, you know. And right. I, my pockets aren't that deep, so I'm focusing on music. But music right. really brings people together. You could be at mm-hmm. a concert and bump into the guy next to you, and you're just gonna smile and yeah. and toast your drink. You're, yeah. You don't know what language he speaks. Mm-hmm. You don't know what neighborhood he's from. You're just there in the moment, you know, feeling connected to something that you can embrace and that you can feel proud of and you can sing along to. And that makes you leave feeling proud of who you are and where you're from. And I feel like we have to we have to get back more to that. And like not you, because you've been doing it for 40 mm-hmm. years. You never stopped. Mm-hmm. But I think there's a, a great lesson for a lot of young musicians, you know, in looking at people like you and looking at Gogo and um Slow and steady wins the race, man. You know what I mean? And and nothing mm-hmm. happens overnight, you yeah. know? Um, good things take time, right? You know, there's yeah. a million, million cliches, but, I mean, the, it all it all matters. I mean, if you think about the millions of people you have influenced. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, we've been out. We've been out. We've been around for a good long time. Um, and it's like you said, that, that we need to get back to just everybody just being together, just partying together. together. That's Free show at the yeah. park and shit. Like, yeah. come on, man. Like, yeah. 
get together, like Bob said, let's get together and feel all right, man. There's power and healing and music yeah. and community. And I, and we need that more than ever, especially in this time of police brutality and Trump era. Man, more than ever do we need to get together yeah, yeah. and recognize our similarities and stop focusing on our differences, you know? Absolutely. I, I, and I think uh, a lot of people outside of D.C. and inside of D.C. also get caught up on the political side of the... There's a political side of D.C. and then there's the real D.C. Right. <laughs> and there's you know? <laughs> you exactly. know, so... If if in the political side is all you hear about, for sure, you never hear about the real side of D.C. If that message can get out there, I think that would start to change a few things. I think so, too. And, you know, I'm working real hard to be a part of getting mm -hmm. that message out. You know, even just sitting here today, yeah. I, I love this room. I love all mm -hmm. the conversations I've had in here. I think we got to get away from 126 character messages oh, and man. responding in memes and, yeah. and giffies. I mean, I love that shit too. Like yeah. it's funny, yeah. but like at some point we have to use our talk words to somebody. and, talk. uh, and talk to talk mm -hmm. about these things and learn yeah. from each other. Right. You know, right. um, you know, 40 years, man, that's crazy. Yeah. yeah. 40 years. I can't imagine doing anything but breathing for 40 years. <laughs> right. right. Well, I mean, we've been having a good time the entire time. So, when it's not funny anymore, we'll stop. But right now, we're having a great time. Well, I'm going to do everything I can to make sure that it's always fun. And, I appreciate uh, it. And I think maybe after today, I, I've kind of sparked some things in my mind. Maybe maybe me and you can sit and we can talk about some, uh, some ideas for Absolutely. the future on how to bring all of that stuff together and kind of reinvent some things. Absolutely. Um, I have a few mantras in life, and one of them is use what you have. Yeah. You know? Um, I think quite often we get told uh, by society that whatever it is isn't good enough, whether mm -hmm. it's the way we look or the amount of money we have or, you know, the perfect person is thinking that they're not good enough and mm -hmm. the imperfect person is thinking that, right? Mm -hmm. Everyone is feeling like they're not enough. Right. And I think we just have to get away from that. And uh, like you said, those venues, man, they're already there. Mm -hmm. They're already there and they're getting shut down. And especially in this Trump era, man, he's shutting down all funding for arts. So we're really going to need to compel, you know, corporate organizations, yeah. uh, but in different ways. Yep. Like, I don't want to call Fort Hood the Pepsi-Cola arena. Right, right, okay? right, right. But, uh, but they got some money, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? And they're trying to get in it, right? Like, there's people who are, who are trying to do these things, right? There's big companies with big money that are trying to do things uh, on a community level, you know? Yeah. And so maybe we need to just start making some of those introductions and, and do whatever the city isn't doing in order to make sure that those those venues stay. Because you're right, they're in the neighborhoods. They're already there. Right. Well, see, the thing is, the city used to do that. Um, back when we were coming up, part of what helped to make us popular was the fact that Marion Barry had the uh, a youth, summer youth summer job jobs. program. Yeah. And our job was to play in the parks twice a week. We rehearsed three days, and we played twice a week in different parks. Um, they would bring the showmobile out there. We would set up our equipment and play right there in River Terrace or Emory Heights or wherever. Right. Um, and uh, every uh, from uh, six to eight uh, on Tuesdays and Thursdays every week. And that was our summer job. So, so cool. they could tie all of the uh, other the showmobile events as well as the, the other events that already have uh, stages that are standing there. They could utilize that. But for some reason, they're not interested in it. Now, I don't expect them to have us as a part of that. Right. But but I mean, they could, some of the younger 
bands and some of the younger musicians, not yeah. uh, not just uh, go-go musicians, but right, uh, right, hip hop, R and B, whoever. Um, they could utilize that as a platform at least for the summer, right, where they can expose their music and you know have a job at the same time. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, Marion Barry, you know, he's one of those those hot hot topic uh, conversations, and and admittedly. For a long time, I used to say disparaging things about Mary mm-hmm. Barry because I was uneducated. And then I learned um, how much he did for D.C. and how much of an impact he had. And I think it's time to kind of revisit a lot of those things. Um, and it's going to take an active fight. You know, just mm-hmm. the last summer, I was walking down 7th Street, and I saw this older white gentleman going to every single poll and ripping down every single summer jobs posting. Wow. And so I pulled out my camera and I videotaped him and I questioned him about it. And uh, and he looked at me with this real evil look in his eye and I said, what are you doing, man? Why are you taking those down? Like the city, you know, he's like, I'm a building manager. I said, no, you're a building manager of that building. Those are city-owned poles. Why are you taking mm-hmm. those down? And then he looked at me and he said, I'm taking out the trash. Oh. And so... Wow. Wow. We have to fight real hard against that because this guy felt compelled to take down. And I said to him, I said, this is summer jobs. These are teens in this city. Mm-hmm. Like, what are you what are you doing? You know, and I even uh, I even went into the building and I tried to speak with a building manager and they threatened to have me removed by the police. The whole thing is on videotape. It was probably one of the most single disappointing days I've had in, in D.C. in a long time. Mm-hmm. But that's what we're up against is this new D.C. Uh, situation, but the thing is, is like we've been here longer. I know I felt the same way. It was mm. really, uh, I was really, really angered by that and really disappointed. But it doesn't mean all hope is lost. It just means that we have a harder fight yeah. and that, that yeah. we need more political leaders to really step up and do more of what uh, what Mr. Barry did, you know. And we mm-hmm. need to get our venues back. We need to create more platforms for younger artists because you can't vilify a type of music, and they have. And they're going to keep doing that. You know, mm-hmm. next, what's next? Hip hop. What's after that? House music. I mean, you know, it's got to stop at yeah. some point, you know. And unfortunately, Gogo is kind of like the poster child for that. But you can also be the leader because even though they've done that, you know, you're 40 years later, man, you're still mm-hmm. performing, you're still making tracks. Yeah. Making yeah. tracks with Backyard, which I think mm-hmm. is so huge. Like you take the two biggest Go Go bands in the city mm-hmm. and are almost competing with each other on, right. on some level, right? right? You know, mm-hmm. I, I think people go to both shows, but mm-hmm. still, you know, it's like this, you know, epic, uh, and you're making music together. Yeah. Like, that is what we need to focus on, and, sh- you know, leading by example and showing what you've done, but then maybe having some younger blood and people like me really fighting that fight to make sure it doesn't happen again, because you know, the second the government starts regulating art and music is when we get in trouble, and uh, and I feel like DC has been there. It's like our own version of Footloose. You know yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah. They're like no dancing yeah. slash go go. You know, <laughs> right, like, like right. you can't you can't stop go go, man. Right, right. You can't stop. Um, and even for the for the the cats that aren't necessarily in love with it, man, you had an uncle that listened to it. You had a dad that mm-hmm. was on the like. You can't deny go go. Yeah. Every song I listened to in the nineties, I also knew the go go mm-hmm. version of it. Like, yeah. There's no, there's no denying go go. Mm-hmm. There's, there's none, and there's not a single musician that wasn't informed by it. Absolutely, and there's and no way. We're hoping to continue that, or to, 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 you know, to make that popular again um, by 
you know, um, collaborating with Backyard. Um, when we came up with that idea, it was like, yo, this has never been done, and this would be huge. And it would also show the camaraderie that we have. Which is important. You know, which Because everybody assumes that, okay, if you right. go to see Backyard, then you don't like Red Essence. So right. you No, we see a lot of the same people. Right. It's love, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And anytime they come through a show, we invite them up on the stage. Right. They do the same with us. Anytime right. we go to see them when, when we're off, then they invite us up right. on, and they acknowledge Red Essence is in the house or whatever. Right. That that's what it should be about, you know. Instead so of, instead awesome. of being divisive, you know, just be inclusive. Right, like the OGs mm-hmm. are doing it. Yeah. Come on, kids, what are y'all doing <laughs> yeah. with your life? You know what yeah. I mean? And that's so awesome. That's you know, it's, I, I I've mentioned this too before on the podcast. Like I feel like um, I love DC, you know, bumps and bruises and all, and I love that like a lot of us are friends. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yep. You know that there's not um, this cutthroat industry like there is maybe in New York mm-hmm. or in LA. You know, uh, we have our own set of problems and stuff, but right. I feel like at the end of the day, like we're gonna see each other at the grocery store, yep. or at a show, or at someone yep. else's event, and mm-hmm. and uh, and I think it's awesome. I definitely, you know, um, really appreciated working with you last year, and um, one of the proudest moments of last year for me um, wasn't Broccoli City, but the the meeting that we had before Broccoli City. Oh, right. okay. You know, mm-hmm. um, so. Uh, if you're listening, so whenever I do big uh, stages, I like to have a, a get-together before the event, and I invite everybody that's booked onto the stage to be there mm-hmm. because I think it's important for people to meet each other so that the day of the event, you're not just bumping into each other and whose guitar is this mm-hmm. and get this out of the way. Right. But you're like, oh, hey, Joe, hey, mm-hmm. Bob, hey, right. you know, mm-hmm. Cindy, whatever, right? Like, hey, good to see you again. Right. Let's have an awesome day and rock this stage. Mm-hmm. And um, and so we we had that meeting, and it was you and uh, Marcus Dowling right. and Steph Grant and Jamal Gray mm-hmm. in a picture um, and I just feel like, man, that is some special shit right that's there. Cool. Like, that's four generations yeah, of really. DC's music history, you know, yeah. in the making and, and mm-hmm. everything else. And and um, I'm so proud of moments like that. And I'm so grateful that I live in a city where, you know, I could book a local stage for, you know, arguably the biggest mm-hmm. hip hop festival in, in the nation's mm-hmm. capital and that you know everybody got together like that and right. and broke bread and met each other mm-hmm. and that and and I was particularly impressed that you showed up because you know I put you on this pedestal and I thought well he's not going to come mm-hmm. you know what I mean and there you were and and I know the guys were really honored to meet you and to be there and I feel like a bond you know what I mean yeah. uh and like you said let's just let's show the camaraderie let's show yeah what we're actually doing, you know, and dispel this myth that you're supposed to come and act like a knucklehead. And then you're yeah. supposed to come and love your city and, and turn all the way up. Mm-hmm. But you don't have to act like a knucklehead. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> you yeah. turn up. So I think it's um I think it's really awesome that you are as involved as you are and you know come willing to come sit with me today and oh, yeah. um you know it's it says a lot about um you know who you are and, and your mission and, and what you're doing and um you know, I really can't thank you enough for 40 years. Uh, 40 years. We appreciate it. Yeah, it's been fun. It's been fun. It was going to continue to be fun. That's right. It, it ain't over yet. Yeah, It right. ain't over yet. Right. And uh, I'll tell you, another one of my proudest moments of all time was being at South by, and I had nothing to do with this, so I don't even know why I felt proud, but um, I was at South by Southwest two years ago when you oh, guys played. Man. And, uh, man, I was just like, I'm fucking here. Go, go. It's South by Southwest. I was so incredibly proud of my city and proud to be from D.C. 
And I was talking to this young group of brothers, and they were all from Texas. And they were like, this is super live. Like, mm -hmm. what is this? And I was like, this is go-go music. And they were, like, fascinated. They were, like, huddled around me, and I was telling them the story of <laughs> go-go. And they were like, this is so cool that you guys have this. Like, mm -hmm. this is great. Like, they were they were just as excited as I was. And 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 that's that's the stuff of legends. And, and, and when, a, when an organization like We DC, right, mm -hmm. acknowledges that go-go is a huge representation of our city, then there's definitely a clear need for our local government to recognize that here and not just tout go-go to the musical community in Austin saying, look how awesome our music is. Well, you have to also look at how awesome our music is every single day here, and we yep. need to get rid of those codes in MPD. Yep. We need to get rid of that racist-ass cop who has on record in front of hundreds of people said racist ass shit about mm -hmm. go-go need to get rid of that. And we need to just keep pushing forward, uh, and make sure that like the city is, you know, not just scoring points for the good stuff, but they're actually supporting go-go and what that really means and loosening some of these restrictions and maybe opening up some of these venues. Cause there's no reason why there's still, there's only a handful of places that you can play. Absolutely. That's crazy. It is. It is. The city should be more supportive because the, the go-go is uh, recognized, you know, in certain parts of the world and they should be proud of that. They should be willing to promote that. Uh, the fact that, you know, these bands have been around for decades now. And it's still, the music is still out here. The music is still vibrant. That uh, down in South By, that lets us know that this is not just a local thing. Exactly. That people outside, they, they those people never heard of Red Essence. And they were getting down. And they were having a great time. So all they want to hear is some good music. And that's what we want to be able to deliver to them. Exactly. Uh, inside and outside the city. And we feel like the city... Washington, D.C. should be more supportive of that inside and outside and of the outside. city because this is a, a hot tourist uh, a spot. You know, yeah. we got all the menu, uh, 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 museums here. Uh, um, the White House is here, uh, right. even though, you know. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But we, we but it's still. the tenant currently, <laughs> right. but you know, it'll get better. <laughs> right. Three and a half years. From but now. this is, uh, 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 this has always been a big tourist destination. Mm -hmm. So they should be promoting that fact. They should be. So I think that's going to be my mission. I, um, I'm going to work harder this year on changing some of that legislation or at least getting in people's faces and having those mm -hmm. conversations because, um, because it's important and it, it's just like anything. You got to fight for what you love. And and like you said, you know, the city needs to support it. You know, you go to New Orleans and they are immensely oh, proud of their man. culture. Yes. And I'm sure there's some, you know, New Orleans music, you know, New Orleans funk and ballad. I mean, everything has its sordid history. Yes. I mean, tell me what city wasn't fucked up in the 80s. I mean, come on, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? Come on. Right. Like, what are we doing with our lives? You know right. what I mean? Like, right. there's just no way. And 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 yet they've, you know, and, and you know, Greater New Orleans is definitely... Um, you know, they've got some new regulations with being able to play your music and busking, and, and they're mm -hmm. pulling some of the same shit. But they're not going to rewrite the city's history. They're not just going to pretend that didn't happen, you know? Right. You can't paint Chuck Brown, you know, Chuck Brown's face on the wall and name streets after him and consider him D.C.'s number one icon, but then, like, you know, silence, go-go. Yeah. Like, you don't get to have it both ways. Right, right. Right? So if you're listening... Mayor Bowser yeah. or whoever, may, uh, I doubt she's listening, but you never know one day mm -hmm. maybe she will. But if you're in, with the government, you know, like, listen mm -hmm. to that. Like, you can't, you don't get to have it both ways, yeah. and, and, and I'm coming for you. <laughs> I'm coming.
Yeah, well, we, I mean, we would just like the city to be more supportive of 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 uh, of the music and of the of the groups and allow the groups. So, I mean, because uh, we're immensely so proud to proud to be, you know, uh, DC residents, and and we've been here forever. Forever. So, um, we want to continue to be here, but we just want to feel welcome. That's all. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, that's. That's reasonable, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like we should roll out the red carpet for you guys yeah. every time. There's not a lot of um, cities that can that can tout, hey, we got 40-year musicians. You know, my grandfather and my grandmother and my mm-hmm. father and my uncle, my cousin and my young nieces all listen to Go-Go. Yeah. That's, you know, that's a rare commodity. It's a beautiful, beautiful it thing, you it know. Is. It is. We have generations of people coming. I, on a nightly basis, I get somebody coming to me saying, hey, this is my son's 21st birthday, and he wanted to come and see y'all for his birthday. So I'm bringing him to you. Which is so cool. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. A generational yeah. value in that is, mm-hmm. is really, really awesome. So yeah. I think that, you know, at the end of the day, the people uh, have spoken, and the people will continue to speak. And uh, we'll put some some more efforts into making sure that message is, is heard a little bit more clearly and um, you know, here at One Love, we're we're always happy to support. You know, any way that we can, Ooh. we will definitely be at the show. Um, like I said, if you're listening to this on Monday, the show is tonight at the Howard Theater. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know, and speaking of the Howard Theater again, you know, the Howard Theater was a uh, venue, and then it was a uh, movie theater for a little while, and then a venue again, mm-hmm. and then it was a church. A lot of people don't realize that it it lasted through the riots, but yeah. about two years after the riots. It closed its doors and then it reopened as a church, mm-hmm. um, and then it uh, and then it reopened again as a venue, yep. and then shut down for a long, long time, and now it's a venue again. And so, I think it's really important, um, especially now with everything going on with the Howard Theater. Um, if the city is listening, please help us uh, save the Howard Theater. Please make sure that the Home of Go Go uh, does not turn into the Verizon Theater or whatever. Yeah. Uh, the Chick Fil A yeah. theater. I mean, <laughs> right. can you imagine? Right. Oh my God! Right. I I didn't mean to speak that into existence. Yeah. It's a terrifying thought. Wow. But yes, like we can't, you know. And I feel like the city has invested millions of dollars into that venue, and so it won't happen. So like, let let's do it right. Let's get it right. Let's make sure we save that building. And and like you said, it's been the home of Gogo, the home of Chuck Brown. It's been you know such an important uh, landmark for so many people. And it needs to be equally uh, as important to the young bucks mm-hmm. who uh, might not have any experience or maybe just moved here. They need to understand the importance. You know, people go to the Fox Theater in Atlanta. They go, they go other right. places. You know, the right. Fillmore mm-hmm. in uh, San Francisco. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. that's where the Grateful Dead play. Yep. There's pictures of Jerry Garcia all mm-hmm. over the lobby, and that place is magical because mm-hmm. you go in there and you're like, oh shit, man! Like legends have performed in here, and that's what the Howard Theater is. So it's on that same level, absolutely. So I will be there uh, on Monday. Uh, chopping it up with you guys. Ooh. I'll be in the back yelling and screaming <laughs> okay. in a good way, of course. Cool. You know? But uh, right on. Well, thank you very much for coming in today. Thank you. I appreciate you having us. And uh, let t- if you want to tell the people real quick where they can find the music, and uh, we're going to actually end the show uh, with the new track with you in, in Backyard, so we will play that here shortly. But if you want to tell people where they, how can people support the Go-Go? How can they, uh, how can they help? Well, it's on uh, with uh, by purchasing the music or either coming out to the shows. Um, we are at Fast Eddie's every Friday night. Uh, that's at on Camp Springs, Maryland. We do Aqua Nightclub every Saturday, which is in Northeast D.C. 
the music, uh, all of our music is on all digital sites, iTunes, Amazon, Apple Music, a uh, bunch of other sites. Uh, and any record store that's left, right. <laughs> we, <laughs> we have product in any record store that you can find right um, to, uh, to, to purchase and just support not only Rare Essence, but all of the other bands because there's a lot of good musicians in the city. There's a lot of good bands in the city. And um, they they need the support. You know, everybody sure needs support. They sure do. So if you're listening to this, I, I have a challenge. If you've ever liked go-go music, go buy some shit today. Go on Amazon or iTunes or wherever the music mm-hmm. is and buy some of it. When was the last time you bought a go-go track? When was the last time you paid money for go-go music? You know, I know there's a ton of it on YouTube and there's a bunch yeah. of mixes. But you know what? If You, you got to support the things that you love. And so go buy a go-go record. Go buy the new one with Rare Essence and Backyard. Go buy the go buy the whole discography, man. Mm-hmm. It's like $10 a pop probably. Yeah. Show some love to the shit that you love and and help keep it alive. And then as soon as you're done with that, that artist that's on your timeline that's always posting about his shows, go to his Bandcamp page <laughs> and buy his album. Yeah. It's 6 bucks. It's less than a coffee at Starbucks. It's less than a shot of Jameson. Yeah. Buy something today. Just buy one track, buy ten tracks. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter. But buy one thing from a local artist. Buy a hat, buy a T-shirt, yeah. anything. Even if you can't leave your house, even if you're disabled or you're old or you're away at college or maybe you only lived here for a little time but you love go-go, put your money where your mouth is. Mm-hmm. Go buy a track and then next week do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Next week when you see something that you like locally, support it. Yeah. Stop giving all that. Lady Gaga doesn't need any more of your fucking money, okay? <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, it's great to love those people. But love the people right here at home first. Yeah. And it's really, really easy. Buying someone's album on Bandcamp goes a long way. Yeah. And a lot of times, especially on Bandcamp, you can name your donation, man. You can give them four bucks. You ain't got four bucks, man. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? These people are spending their lives in studios and yeah. 40 years on the road. Right. You know? You know, if you if you if I ran into you at the bar, I would certainly buy you a drink right. without hesitating. So <laughs> right. why wouldn't I buy your craft and and mm-hmm. show some love that way. So I I uh, challenge everyone who's listening to change their thinking. And uh, the next time you're home on a Friday night and you're thinking, man, I kind of want to go out, but I'm really not feeling it. Instead, go buy Rare Essences last album mm-hmm. on their uh, on iTunes or wherever you want to find it, whatever your preferred method is. But um, especially if you're not going out, though, that twenty bucks is something worthwhile. You know, I, I can say as as an artist myself, you know. Um, I remember a few years ago on my birthday, Carl Denson from Carl Denson's Tiny Universe, he's an mm-hmm. incredible saxophone player. He followed me on Twitter, and that was my birthday gift to myself, <laughs> was that that guy even noticed me. Wow. And uh, and it goes a long way, so don't ever think for a second that when you buy someone's album that they don't see it, because mm-hmm. Bandcamp and iTunes and everybody else sends notifications of those things, especially mm-hmm. on a local level, yeah. right? Lady Gaga is not getting a notification every time you buy her album. But Sir EU is getting a notification every time you buy one on Bandcamp. Mm-hmm. And don't think for a second that that doesn't make that guy's day to see unexpectedly. Maybe he's uh, late for work or maybe he, uh, you know, or any artist. I don't. He's going to be like, why are you putting me out there like that? But like any artist, maybe they're going through some shit that day and then they look yeah. down on their email and someone just bought their album. And yeah. it's that that recognition that they needed. Like, man, somebody likes this shit. Yeah. Somebody is supporting me. And that can save someone's life. That can change their career around that one $7 donation or $10 donation. 
So if you want to do something with your money today and you got a few extra bucks, give it to a local artist, but start with GoGo because they've been mm-hmm. giving us 40 years. We could at least give them 40 bucks. You know what I mean? <laughs> Especially if That's you don't cool. go to the shows or you don't go to the shows anymore or you don't live in the area. You know, mm-hmm. put, put your money where your mouth is and, and show some love. So, um, yeah, make that a habit. We should have a new, like, Buy Music Monday, like challenge everybody to buy some music and post yeah. it on their Facebook and make that cool. That would you know? be cool. Yeah. Make that, that cool. cool. Mm-hmm. So um so anyway, Andre, thank you again for all of your time. Mm-hmm. Um I appreciate you coming in here and I'm definitely looking forward to the show on Monday. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. We appreciate you having us. Appreciate you all your support. Hey man, anytime. Yep. All right, bet. Okay. Yo, a Landover came from from the crane. A T Street came from from the crane. Birthday girls came from from the Yo, they came from Hey, double O, they can't run from the crank.
to get the bank. I'm still riding in the tank. They can't run from the crank. What are you, mommy? Yo, Southwest came from from the crank. Ladies of R.E. run from the crank. Uh, hey, East Street came from from the B.Y.B. Chopping it up.